Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on May 16th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode takes a look at what lawmakers will be doing in the offseason, specifically about abortion, and how the U.S. Supreme Court's expected decision overturning Roe v. Wade will determine what happens next in the state. We also get in-depth with Senator Tom Davis about the death of his medical marijuana bill and what's next. In business, we hear from Senator Tim Scott, who criticized Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's testimony about abortion and the labor force last week. We also broke another gas price record in the state as prices continue to rise. And in medical, we take a look at two recent CDC reports on separate epidemics happening in our country, guns and drugs. Also, we want to hear from you guys. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to hear from you all. And I've been told over the course of this voicemail box's life, we've had 254 calls. Wow. 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 That's you guys. It's not everyone. And just because you've done in the past doesn't mean you can't call again. We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you haven't called, give us a shout. You can do so at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name where you're calling from, and a one to three minute long message. We'll take anything. Give us a call. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We'll have updated numbers from DHEC in Saturday's pod, but you can always find that data at scdhec.gov. If it's mid-May, that means it's the time of year when bills are becoming laws. Hmm, that special time. 70 bills were ratified on May 12th, the last day of session. And by the end of the next day, the governor had already signed over 20 of them. Now, these bill signings are typically done without fanfare as the governor needs to sign or veto a bill within five days after its transmittal, excluding Sunday, or the bill becomes a law without his signature. Now, over the coming weeks, there will be many ceremonial bill signings involving the governor, bill sponsors, and advocates, in which people get pens and they get photos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But a few big bills have already become law, including the early voting bill, as well as another providing state employees with paid parental leave. One bill that did not make it to the governor's desk, as you know if you've been listening to us, is the medical marijuana bill. Despite years of work, passage in the Senate, and debate underway in the House this month, the bill died on a technicality. So to get more in-depth on this situation and to hear about what's next for the tightly written medical marijuana bill, I spoke with Beaufort Republican Senator Tom Davis on his fight for this legislation. Davis begins by recounting the journey the bill took when it reached the House 3M Committee in mid-February. Uh, the bill then sat there for a little over two months. And, and so that was the first problem in that, um, you know, time is precious here in the General Assembly. We've got until the second Thursday in May to pass things. And so that was the first problem, that there was a delay in taking the bill up. Um, the bill then passed out of uh, the 3M, well, I think by 18 to 2 or 18 to 3 vote, uh, and then went on the House calendar. Uh, the next problem became when uh, a couple of representatives uh, placed about a thousand amendments um, on the desk to the bill. Um, and again, the purpose here is delay. It's to uh, prevent uh, taking the bill up, or if the bill is taken up, um, it prevents an up or down vote on the bill. Um, and so that was the second problem. 
Um, we started to work through those things and did get the bill up for debate and, and we're ready to have a debate on the merits. And by my whip count, and I think most everybody else's whip counts are about 70 people that were for the bill, about 40 were against. So we had the votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point in time, a point of order was raised uh, stating that under the state constitution, revenue raising bills must originate in the House. And there is a sales tax component to this medical cannabis bill. You sell the cannabis products, pay a sales tax. That sales tax is used to pay to cover the cost of administering the program. Um, The state Supreme Court precedents are very clear on this, Gavin. If the primary purpose of the bill is something else and you're simply raising revenue incidental or ancillary to it, it's not a revenue raising bill within the meaning of the state constitution. Um, You know, we, we pass bills all the time in the Senate that's got fees or other revenue features that pay for the program but they're fine and they're never objected to by the house because they're clearly not revenue revenue raising bills the primary purpose is not to raise taxes for the general fund okay um but that point of order was raised um the presiding speaker of the house tommy pope uh ruled in favor of the point of order and um and then there was an appeal of the speaker's ruling and the appeal failed 56 to 59 so we fell essentially three votes short uh, in the House if you want to cut to the chase. I mean, if the public wants to know what happened out there uh, or up there, um, it Senate 28 to 16, and it failed the House by a vote of 59 to 56, or 56, 59, if you're looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm encouraged. Um, I, I, I know that a supermajority of legislators in both chambers are in favor of this. Uh, it is a bill that's undergone three weeks of intensive debate in the Senate. Uh, it's been vetted. Um, it's a very conservative, tightly regulated bill. Physicians have to authorize uh, a patient's use of medical cannabis. A pharmacist has to dispense the medical cannabis. Uh, there are all sorts of protections against diversion uh, and, and other unintended consequences. So it's a very good bill. And, and I've said this before, Gavin, um, I'm not resentful that there is opposition to this bill. Opposition to legislation makes the bill better. It makes you rethink your arguments. It makes you look at things um, and and think of unintended consequences and draft better language. And so this bill has been through an intense procedure this session. Um, It'll be first up for debate in medical affairs next January. The Medical Affairs Committee Chairman Danny Burden has already told me it's going to be the very first bill up. It'll be on the Senate calendar. Mm -hmm. We're going to get past the Senate and send it over to the House. So we're going to be right back on this thing in January. So, Senator, interesting that you say that you've uh, got to a couple of my questions ahead of me, but uh, just let's pick up right there. The Senate Medical Affairs Committee chairman telling you that, so it is going to originate again back in the Senate like it did before. Are you not worried that this will have the same fate as it did before? No, I think there's other ways to address um, how do you pay for um, the administration of the program. You can give DHEC the authority to uh, assess fees against applicants who you know, want to be a, a medical cannabis distributor. They want to be a pharmacist that's regulated. There are other ways uh, to generate fees. Um, you can also pay for the program in the general fund. You, you could just simply have an appropriation um, on the line in the budget for to pay for the medical cannabis program. I mean, so no, I'll I'll make that adjustment next year. I mean, there's no uh, education in the second kick of a mule, okay? Um, I I, I see, you know, I I don't think the House was right in in, in their ruling. Um, But look, I can't cry about it. I can't complain. It's the reality. Um, And so legislation like this, you adjust to that reality, you adjust the bill, and you try again. And um, I mean, I think we got to focus on the fact that we really got to the top of the hill here, Gavin. I mean, to pass 
Senate 2816. And in the Republican caucus itself, 17 Republicans were for it and only 10 against it. Um, I mean, it is a bill that has now got broad bipartisan support. Poll after poll shows that South Carolinians, to the tune of 70 to 75% of South Carolinians, want doctors to have that option to give to patients. So patients don't have to rely upon opioids or things that are more damaging. So we've done a good job of changing hearts and minds in sessions. We fell a bit short, um, but legislation isn't supposed to be easy, okay? That was part of our interview on This Week in South Carolina. You can catch full episodes Friday at 7.30 p.m. or Sunday at 1.30 p.m. And we're always on YouTube at youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. So as you know, the South Carolina House of Representatives has a new leader, Sumter Republican Merle Smith. He officially took over the gavel and the ceremonial purple robe after Jay Lucas departed at 5.01 p.m. last Thursday. Speaker Smith is now the former chairman of the Powerful Ways and Means Committee, which still has to elect a new chairman to replace him. That will be something to watch as Smith begins forming his administration. One of the tasks as speaker is assigning the 123 other members to committees, which then elect their own chairman. But separate from all this was the big departure of Rock Hill Republican Majority Leader Gary Simrel after 30 years in the House. Pickens Republican Davey Hyatt now heads the 79 House Republican Caucus. But before Hyatt took over, Simrel gave his farewell speech. And I share this speech because Simrel talks about the chamber and how things get done and the attitudes needed to accomplish things while straying away from the bitter hyperpartisanship of Washington, something many fear Columbia could be inching toward with every election. And this legislature is a process. It's a process of ideas. It's a process of ideals. And you must build consensus to make it happen. You know, people often say, what did you accomplish in the General Assembly? Absolutely nothing. I can't accomplish anything in here. We, we have to accomplish something in here. It takes, it takes all of us. to make that happen. And the sooner that we can grasp that, uh, the better off we are. And so as I think to myself, mentally and physically, of closing a very long chapter in my life, 30 years when I was first elected, single guy, now married 29 years and three children, it's remarkable to me to think along those lines. And I often think about the toxicity that exists more today in politics than ever before, and that is unfortunate. But I know that the pendulum is always swinging, that the human heart over low these many years really has not changed. Now, before the next legislative session starts up, we will have some special sessions before then, thanks to the sine die resolution which lawmakers passed last week and gives them the ability to meet in the off-season on specific issues. One issue lawmakers can address in a special session later this year would be abortion following the Supreme Court's expected decision of overturning Roe v. Wade. Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey gave us a bit of an overview about the current state of play on abortion in the state and the steps that could soon be taken to restrict the medical procedure further. Here's Senator Massey. President Senate President Alexander has indicated is he wants to make sure that the Senate does its work on it, which means we'll have subcommittee meetings, we'll have hearings allow people to be heard, those in favor, those against. It's important that people have an opportunity to be heard. 
Um, we'll, then we'll go through the committee process and, and we'll do all that before we have uh, the, the debate on the floor. And I expect that it's gonna be a spirited debate when that comes. Now, as far as, as, far as what the, how far it goes, that's gonna depend on what the Supreme Court does. Uh, and, uh, and and look, we'll have we'll have a debate. I mean, you, you know, you saw you saw last year when we had the debate on on the heartbeat legislation that um, it, it, it's going to be an interesting debate. And, and I can't tell you where everybody's going to be. Uh, and I think it depends on what the what the court does and then what the legislation response looks like. Senator Massey said that there will be a lot of time over the coming months dedicated to hearings and strategizing, depending on how the court rules. While South Carolina does not have an outright trigger ban, which would immediately outlaw abortion should the longstanding precedent be overruled, its six-week abortion ban bill, which is under appeal in federal court, would take effect. Well, first of all, I think whatever decision there is, it'll happen in June. Right? That's, that's their, the, the way they operate. Um, but if it is a total overrule of Roe and Casey, then what's going to happen is that South Carolina's heartbeat law is going to go into effect. Right, which, which is gonna put us at the, one of the stronger ones in the country anyway. And then I suspect what's gonna happen is we're gonna be evaluating what the court does. And then you'll probably see over the summer some subcommittee and committee work. And then um, my guess is we'll probably be back here. We'll probably be back here um, probably sometime in the fall to take that up. Senate Minority Leader Brad Hutto gave his take on the pending special session and how he and Senate Democrats would do anything it takes to stop a trigger ban from being passed. Opponents say the state's six-week ban outlaws abortion before many women even know they are pregnant. Uh, certainly one of the things I don't look forward to is us having to come back and deal from the potential fallout of a ruling on Roe versus Wade, but that may be in our offering later this year. Um, we'll see what happens. How likely do you think it is that you'll come back to that? Uh, I think, you know, we're waiting to see what the Supreme Court does. If they, if Roe is upheld, we probably will not come back on that issue. If Roe is overturned, we will come back. Is there a strategy you can tell us about you might do? Anything I can do to stop us from having a trigger ban in South Carolina. From the State House to Marion Square in Charleston, thousands of abortion rights supporters rallied across the state and country on Saturday. South Carolina has three abortion clinics in the entire state. 55% of abortions in 2020 occurred between 7 to 13 weeks, while 44% happened before 6 weeks. Of the 5,468 abortions that occurred in 2020, 3,688 were medication abortions, or about 67% of all abortions in the state, according to DHEC data. Let's jump up to Washington for a minute, where Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen testified before the Senate Banking Committee last week on the state of the U.S. financial system. In her opening remarks, Yellen told senators that, quote, I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects on the economy and would set women back decades, quote. While Yellen spoke on Russian sanctions, regulation of cryptocurrency, inflation, and affordable housing, Senator Tim Scott, who sits on the committee, focused on her comments, which he called callous. Here is Scott questioning Yellen's statement and part of her response. Finding a way to have a debate around abortion in 
a, a, a meeting for the economic stability of our country is harsh. Uh, and I'm just surprised that we find ways to weave into every facet of our lives such, such an important and painful reality for so many people to make it sound like it's just a, another 0.4% added to our labor force participation as a result of the issue of abortion just, to me, seems harsh. And well, I, I certainly don't mean to um, say what I think the effects are in a manner that's harsh. What we're talking about is um, whether or not women will have the ability um, to regulate their reproductive um, situation in ways that will enable them to plan lives that are fulfilling and satisfying for them. And one aspect of a satisfying life is being able to feel that you have the financial resources to raise a child, that the children you bring into the world are wanted, and that you have the ability to take care of them. In many cases, um, abortions are of teenage women, um, particularly low-income and often black, who um, aren't in a position to be able to care for children, have um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education, to later participate in the workforce. So there, there is a spillover into labor force participation. Yeah. But And uh, it means that children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do, do worse themselves. Thank and you. Let me, let me is, just explain my time harsh. on the topic. This I, is the truth. I'll just simply say that as a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, I'm thankful to be here as United States Senator. Moving on, earlier this month, the Biden administration announced that 20 internet service providers will be part of the Affordable Connectivity Program to bring low-cost, high-speed internet to low-income households across the country. Nearly 40% of households qualify for this program because their income is at or below 200% of the federal poverty level or because a member of the household meets other criteria, like is on SNAP, Medicaid, has a veteran's pension, received a Pell Grant in the current year, and more. Internet access is capped at $30 a month, and you can find out more at GetInternet.gov. This program is part of the $1 trillion infrastructure law, which also sends $65 billion to states to improve broadband. This money, along with $400 million in American Rescue Plan Act money for South Carolina, as well as state investments, will soon close the broadband gap in our state, according to officials. But this subsidy program is estimated to run out by 2025 unless renewed. And we have uh, another record for you here, folks, on the way out. Yes, we set a new gallon record for gas Monday, May 16th, at $4.19 a gallon, according to AAA Carolinas. We're up $0.17 a gallon from a week ago and $0.46 from a month ago. A barrel of oil is right around $112 and is creeping back up to some of those March highs that popped off following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Of course, that only exacerbated prices, which had been creeping higher already. The 
The CDC recently released a study in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report titled Changes in Firearm Homicides and Suicides. The firearm homicide rate increased nearly 35%, reaching its highest level since 1994, with disparities by race and ethnicity and poverty level widening. The firearm suicide rate, although higher than that for homicide, remained nearly level overall, but increased among some populations. Scott Morgan compiled a shocking anecdotal statistic in his report on this study and noted that for the week ending May 11th, there had been nine reported fatal shootings in our state. Two in Chester, a 19-year-old who was shot and killed at a gas station in Lugoff, a 60-year-old woman killed in Mullins, a 58-year-old woman killed in Succosty, and a 48-year-old man killed in Greenville. In Scott's counting also includes a double homicide by gun in Williamsburg and an officer-involved fatal shooting in Marion. Here's Scott's report on how South Carolina ranked in the CDC study. South Carolina ranks ninth worst among U.S. states when it comes to the percentage of residents killed by gunfire. The CDC counted 1,131 total gun deaths in South Carolina in 2020. That puts the state 17th overall in the number of people who died by gun that year. And it augurs a rate of 22 gun-related deaths per 1,000 residents. While Georgia and North Carolina recorded more total gun deaths, the percentages of deaths per 1,000 residents were lower by four and six points, respectively. The numbers accompany a report issued by the CDC Tuesday showing that guns contributed to 79% of homicides and half of suicides nationally in 2020, and that the national rate of gun-related homicides is the highest so far this century. Thanks for that, Scott. NPR reports that in the first 19 weeks of 2022, there have been 198 mass shootings, including the horrific one this past weekend in Buffalo that authorities say was racially motivated. And let's keep with the CDC, which had another report updating another epidemic affecting the health of our country, drug overdoses. More than 107,000 Americans died of drug overdoses in 2021. This provisional data marks a 15% increase from the previous record set the year before. You may remember from our May 3rd episode where we spoke with Sarah Goldsby, director of the Department of Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse Services, about the 60% jump our state saw in opioid deaths in 2020 alone. This is being fueled by the rising prevalence of the powerful synthetic opiate fentanyl. The Biden White House last month sent Congress its initial national drug control strategy. It proposes targeted actions to expand access to evidence-based prevention, harm reduction, treatment, and recovery services while reducing the supply of drugs like fentanyl. And again, if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, there are resources available via the websites JustPlainKillers.com and EmbraceRecoverySC.com. And of course, we want to give a personal shout out to everyone who is working to overcome addiction, is surviving and thriving in recovery, or has lost someone to addiction. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. That's right. That's how you say it. <laughs> no, nope, keep going. We're going. <laughs> Welcome to the wind down section. Yes. Our little break from the news. Oh, that wasn't as good as the first Did one. Did we talk about laughter in the pandemic? And we want to hear your stories as well. Make them wait for that part, yeah. That's why, well, they're making it, we're going to make them wait. But we want to hear from you guys. <laughs> That's why we have a voice mailbox set up. 803-563-7169. Oh, Gavin, by and the way. you know and love. My, May the 16th be with oh, you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for continuing to wish me these important May days. May the 16th be with you. I wrote a note to say that to you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. As, and unto you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> unto you. Um, 
Like you heard, we have had 254 voicemails yep. over the entirety of our, you know, different pandemic Related. shows that we've oh, yes. had this voicemail box set up for. Again, completely free. We're incurring all the costs because we're just doing this for the greater good. The savings trickle straight down to you. Yeah, you get them. Of course you do. Uh, but we want to hear from you. That's why we got that box set up. So that being said, AT, it's my understanding that we have some some calls in the hopper. Oh, we got some calls in the hopper. It's not a lot. It's okay. not when you hear that there are calls in the hopper. Doesn't I don't want you, should, you to think yeah. don't call. Okay. And even pledge. though we've gotten called 254 times, great mm. number. 254. Nice round. Nice round number. number. Nice round number. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't want you to call. It doesn't mean that it's enough been done. Okay. Yeah. We always need help. Always. Because we only have like two in there. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to straight Weak? shoot with you. We only got two in there right now. <laughs> the water dropped sound. But one of them, okay, one of them is a double dip from a single person calling in and double dipping for us. And, I mean, I truly love a double dip, okay? means I get to say double dip. Yeah. So, uh, old friend of the double pod. Double dip in your own dip. Exactly. Okay. I mean. This is communal dip we're talking about here. You can't just double dip <laughs> You like got to at least turn the thing over. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Not the same part that you do. Do when I'm not watching. Uh, anyway, we got two calls, one person, old friend of the pod. Gavin, are you ready? Yes. Wonderful. Let's hit it. Okay? Hit the button. Hello, guys. This is Grand Strand Man, a.k.a. Roman, a.k.a. Teacher Roman. And I have a good feeling I know exactly where AT was playing golf. I feel like that is right in my own neighborhood. And uh, next time you're down that way, if you want a better meal, go to the Heritage and ask Mary in the kitchen for her famous fried chicken. Um, then I also wanted to tell you that I've been thinking about uh, shows that I've been watching lately that have been really, really good. Tokyo Vice, strong recommendation. Uh, outer Range, strong recommendation. I'm just really happy uh, with the ending of Ozarks. I felt like that was, always, you know, it's tricky when you come to the end of a series of really love. I feel like I might have left a message about this before. Anyway, very happy with that. Um, so, question for you guys. Steely Dan has a song, what's that called? Uh, Back Jack, do it again, do it again, maybe. And then there's that Don Healy song, Boys of the Summer. And then there's that song by that crazy Dutch band Gold Earring, Twilight Zone. And I would like to know how you guys rank those songs. One, two, three. Um, and I feel like I had something else quickly I wanted to say. Oh, I realized that I've been wearing Crocs all school year. I have these Crocs that look like Sinooks, but not as like Shaggy, um, which have been actually, I didn't even realize the Crocs because they don't look like Crocs with all the gems in them. But yeah, uh, I am I'm Team Croc. Okay, guys, take care. And again, thank you always for sending slices of Carolina out to the etherwebs. I've definitely got Carolina on my mind every time I hear you guys. Bye. Okay, Gavin, that was his first one. We'll get to those questions after the second one. And I do love, Roman, that your second one is basically just as long as the first one. It's not a quick little addendum. So here we go. Here's number two. Oh, oh, totally forgot to mention also that I got to say, um, Myrtle Beach State Park. I mean, I haven't been to all of them. I know there's lots of really good ones. I've been to some. Myrtle Beach State Park, I think, is the crown jewel of the South Carolina park system. In fact, I think I heard, is it Rudy Menke? Is he the guy that does nature now? I feel like I heard him say that once, uh, and I totally agree. What's cool about Myrtle Beach State Park is it's got all the amenities. It's got all the facilities you need. It makes it very easy as a family to go there because there's like showers and things, right? Um, and toilets, which you know, 
that's that's really nice. And parks and it's got benches and places to play for kids. And then it has the beach and the pier. It's really it's really really nice. Um, don't go during Fourth of July though, because that's just a madhouse. Uh, and then just right down the way, Huntington Beach, Huntington Beach State Park is like the sleeper park. I think I think that place is so it's so rad. It's got this Moroccan. And Huntington designed this like Moroccan style house, um, and then Brook Green across the way is very good. Um, while we're down in um, that area of uh, the South Grand Strand, I would like to make a plug for um, for my favorite restaurant. So if you guys are ever down there, maybe next time you guys go golfing and you don't ask for Mary's famous chicken, Chai Blossom, Chai Blossom always had a good meal there. Three dollar signs, but you know five stars. Okay, bye. Roman, our Grand Strand man, thank you for calling us. It's been a minute. We always appreciate hearing from you. And what great recommendations all around from restaurants to state parks. I'm definitely going to check out that Chive Blossom place. The $3 sign is not going to scare me. I'll save up to, to, to wine and dine myself sometimes, you know? Direct from this man right here, folks. Yes. Listen to what he's saying. And Roman, I'm so glad you called twice. Honestly, I don't care that it went over time. It doesn't bother me because I do miss you, and I'm happy to hear from you every single time. Love that. Love that. Oh, love that for you guys. I also want to just talk about how influential this section is to me and our listeners. Uh-huh. Re our conversation in Saturday's pod mm-hmm. about the bagels. Yeah. Yes. And how we went out to get bagels after taping was done Yes, Friday. We, we, I took Gavin to the warehouse. To the bagel place. To the bagel warehouse. To see the bagel man. Yes. And we got bagels. We, 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 it was so, we sort of surprised him. I, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready for us. No. Uh, I did not eat the bagel. I left it with you I still I have it at the home. That's okay. Bring it in maybe. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever. The next day, Saturday, I'm hanging out with friend of the pod, Meg Kennard. Yes. Driving around doing... Suburban mom stuff on a Saturday. Yeah, which we're talking you, about you love. Beyond, we're you talking about Starbucks. Yeah. Just doing the things. Target, Target boutique. boutique. Um, doing that self checkout with a camera just makes you look like the worst human being ever. Yeah. No matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're like bagels, baby. We need some lunch. But we always have this horrible thing with this this horrible streak of shopping and doing stuff until around two thirty three, which mm-hmm. is a dead zone for lunch. It's like it's... we're in Sumter again. It was a dead zone even here in Columbia. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to go to Brugger's Bagels. Just I know at it's not top notch, but two thirty, no. and they close at three, so there were no bagels. That's what I was. Gonna, I wasn't going to say don't eat Brugger's Bagels. <laughs> but what I was going to say is an it's, old bagel. It's really not prime <laughs> yeah. bagel time. No, you got to be there in the morning if you want to at least try and make it work. But we are going to get a Sully Steamers, which we in are town called, talked about the yeah. other day. It's a good little uh, regional. Oh, I've never regional had it. Group, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm open to trying. Uh, it looks pretty tasty, so I want that. Anyway, Ro- Roman that. also brought up uh, some good shows, right? Yes. Tokyo Vice. I've definitely watched Tokyo Vice. I haven't watched mm-hmm. Outer Range. I'm interested, but Tokyo Vice, I think, is a pretty good show. I think that Ansel Elgort, the the lead, mm-hmm. who got it exclusively because he can speak fluent Japanese, uh, yes. is pretty bad in that show. But everyone else is so good. That the show's good, you know? Like, everyone else is is given absolute top-notch performances. So I, I, I can recommend that show. I really like HBO. it. HBO. HBO Max. Yes. Uh, and as far as the songs, Roman, I think I would go Boys of Summer, Don Henley. Yes. And then I would probably do Steely Dan and then Gold Earring last just because I don't really like Gold Earring, you know? Yeah, and I actually didn't even know that was the name of the band. Yes. But I know the song, Twilight Zone. Uh, but back Jack, do it again. So, uh, so what's your? I, I what's swap your, mine. I do Boys of Summer. Boys of Summer number then we'll one. We'll do Twilight Zone two, yeah. and then we'll do uh, Steely Dan. I, I think that's a healthy disagreement there. I mean, we're both we're we're, we're united by the by Don the Don, Henley. Don. Yeah. 
Don. The Don, Don. I mean, that's... I, I would prefer only hearing that song in the warm months, though. <laughs> when it comes on and I'm in my car and it's like, February, it's just mocking me. Yeah. So, it's also like hearing Journey, like... I don't. I, I don't want to hear that off the dance floor. I don't at wedding. ever want to hear Journey. I, Look at that! I, take I banned it at my wedding. I, I will say this: that my <laughs> wedding band, they asked us what songs we wanted, and I gave them a list of the do not playlist. I said no Journey, no Billy Joel, yes. no Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. no Black Eyed Peas. And, oh. and so, I'm and not entirely mad about this. <laughs> this it was do pretty not good. call. And then I said, outlined. don't play any music newer than 1989. But anyway, okay. Gavin, we're we're, <laughs> we're a whole other we're, level. We're playing. We're we're playing fast and loose with this time. We got to say <laughs> goodbye. Out, folks. Have a good week, hey. everyone. Gavin, say goodbye hey. to goodbye, these folks. folks. You heard some hot takes right there. Do your part. Give us a call. Weigh in. We got plenty of time, and it's uh, 803. Five six three seven six nine. You know the days are getting warmer, so everyone's opinions just gonna heat up. And we need to hear from you guys. That's why we have a voicemail box open all the time. And you can also show us your appreciation by leaving a review on iTunes. We love our iTunes reviews. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and South Carolina Public Radio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I can't because there's too much pizza sauce in my veins.